Welcome to the IBC Student Ministry Podcast, an extension of Emmanuel Baptist Church here in Warren, Arkansas. The purpose of this podcast is to present sermons from Wednesday nights, special topics, and other resources for parents and students. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So now let's get down to business. Uh, We have been studying through the Old Testament not very long, really just a week. Last week we talked about Joseph uh, and his life. We talked about his experiences and how we share similar experiences in our own lives, how God can use uh, suffering and hardship in our lives to do incredible things. We saw that the suffering that Joseph went through not only made him stronger, made him closer to God, but God also used that to save nations from starvation. But this story is going to be a little different. You guys are probably pretty familiar with this character. We're going to talk about Samson tonight, the big buff dude who has superhuman strength, who does some things that are pretty questionable, but we only remember him as the guy who killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Isn't that awesome? Like, for some weird reason, more recently than than not, Samson has gotten kind of a lot of a lot of hype built around him lately. Like I I, I was on I was on YouTube and I and I already know like Branson has their Samson thing. Is it Branson? Is that where that's at? Yeah, okay. Branson has their big Samson Samson show. Uh, and it's not Samson, it's Samson. And I, I, when I originally put it in there, it spelled corrected as Samsung. And so we're not talking about Samsung, we're talking about Samson. And um, apparently, like, Hollywood has taken some interest in Samson as well. Uh, Pure Flix, they make all those Christian movies, some cheesy, some not so cheesy. They came out with a, with a Samson movie that starred this, like, buff Taylor Lautner-looking dude. Uh, and it was like the cheesiest thing ever. It was like God's chosen hero is going to save the world and like had superhuman, like, or not super, he said like superhero music and he was like all chiseled and oiled up and all this other stuff. And like, it showed a scene of him killing Philistines. And I was like, man, I wonder how a Christian uh, movie company is going to do that. So I actually looked up the clip to see like how, how like gory and bloody it would be. And it really wasn't that much. It was like, he would like hit somebody with the jawbone and they would go flying and he's like 12 feet away from them. And so there's no way he could have hit him. It was just really kind of corny, but kind of cool. But man, if you were, if you look at Samson's story, Samson's story is weird. It's full of a lot of very odd things. It's full of a lot of really bad decisions on his part. And it, it spurred off probably one of the best Tim Hawkins songs I've ever heard. And so we're going to talk about his story tonight. So let's, let's kind of get a little context. What's going on right now? This is in the book of Judges. Uh, Judges takes place right after the book of Joshua, right after the, the Pentateuch. This is the, this is the books that talk about the Exodus, creation, all that jazz. Uh, Joshua is this incredible leader after Moses who led his people into the promised land. They take over the promised land. Everything's good. He divides it up. And then one generation after Joshua, everyone forgets about God. And the book of Judges is about these God-appointed leaders of Israel that are trying to point the Israelites back to God because they're constantly going away from him. There's this cycle of sin with, with every judge that's put over Israel. Israel is constantly trying to get back to God, but they're constantly falling short. There's a lot of incredible people that, that come up during the book of Judges who show what genuine faith is look that looks like. Uh, but then we have Samson. Samson, uh, if you look at Judges 13, this is kind of where his story starts. Um, Chapter 13 is all about his birth. Samson was born in a similar situation to Israel itself. He was born to an elderly couple that was past the age of having children. And God uh, said that he has chosen Samson to begin 
to get Israel out of captivity. Israel was in the captivity of Israel, or not Israelites, was in the captivity of Philistines at the time. Philistines were the people that preoccupied this land, and the Israelites got really comfortable being their captives. They, they kind of have a thing for being captives to people, the Babylonians and the Egyptians and the Philistines, you know, how that goes. But what was kind of significant about his birth is that one, his birth kind of reflected uh, Israel itself, and his life actually kind of reflects Israel's decisions, as we'll see in a little bit. But what's also really cool about Samson is that he was to be a Nazarite from birth. Now, if you guys know Samson's story, you know one of the things that he's not supposed to do is he cannot cut his hair. Here's why. Because he uh, has been given the Nazarite vow, which means he cannot touch anything from the vine. That means wine. That means any sort of alcohol. That also means Welch's grape juice. Whatever it is, he can't have it. He can't come in contact with it. He can never touch a dead body of any kind. And he can never cut his hair ever. And if you guys have ever gone too long without cutting your hair, listen, I, I always imagined as the movie trailer portrayed, he had this beautiful mane that was always like, like what's the what's the shampoo company? Maybe it's Maybelline or whatever. Like he always looks like he he uses that every morning and he condition, conditioners kind of kind of like looks like a like a gorgeous man. But real in all reality, in this time, he probably had like dead ends and stuff growing in his hair and just really nasty stuff and. His hair is growing all the way down to his knees. Just, ugh, I can't even, I don't want to imagine it. I imagine the the guy who uh, had, I went to Branson, I went to uh, the Ripley's, believe it or not, and they actually had a picture of this guy in a replica of the guy who let his hair grow out the longest. And he had his hair braided all the way down to his feet, and then it looked like a, like a, like a hair snake. It was really gross. So I imagine his hair looked a little bit more like that than the beautiful mane that we like to think about. Uh, but those are the things. That's That was his commitment. To God, and God was going to use him to begin the process of getting his people out of captivity. We know that he's not the one who eventually does it, but he does stir up the conflict and start it. So we're going to continue to look at Samson's life. And what I want us to focus on here is I want us to look at this. Samson was actually talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. If you guys know that, it's it's the hall of faith. It's the people that were very faithful, that God used in incredible ways. It's a really cool kind of summary of everything that went on in the Old Testament and how it led to Jesus. And it actually mentions Samson, very briefly, but it mentions him. And I think as we read the story, we're going to think to ourselves, why in the world did he mention Samson, of all people? And we're going to see these mistakes that Samson made. But I think that there's a lot of things that we can learn from these mistakes. One is that our strength does not rely on ourselves, it relies on the Lord. Our strength comes from God, doesn't come from ourselves. And two, I think that we can learn a lot from Samson's life in things that we should be doing in our life, and things that we shouldn't be doing. And so let's look at it in, his, in our shared experiences with him. Uh, chapter 13, that was it, his, his birth, the Nazarite vow. Chapter 14, uh, Samson pursued a Philistine woman, which he wasn't supposed to do due to the fact that Philistines were completely against God. They had other idols in their life, and so you weren't supposed to marry a Philistine. It had nothing to do with race, had nothing to do with any of that. It was just because Israelites are supposed to be God's chosen people, and Marrying somebody of a Philistine background can lead you astray. And so they were told not to do that. But <laughs> he uh, he pursued this woman, first going to a place he wasn't supposed to go, found this woman, said, man, she's pretty hot. I want to marry her. And uh, then he his parents were like, no, you cannot marry her. She's a Philistine. What are you doing? And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. She's hot and I want her. Like, that's literally how this conversation went. Like, he just, he just, he, you, he just, Oh, he's just kind of like a like a boneheaded guy. Um, 
Anyways, they had a seven-day wedding party for Samson and his soon-to-be wife. Uh, and during the party and on the way to the party, he got drunk. And so this is one of the things that he wasn't supposed to do. He's not supposed to partake of anything of the vine. So here's one thing. He's breaking now. He's getting, he's getting drunk. He's consuming alcohol. And uh, then during the party, or, or not during the party, on his way to the party, there was this lion that attacked him. And then he tore the lion apart, and I quote, like one tears a young goat. Because I guess in those times, tearing young goats was the national pastime or what you did on a first day. I don't know. But that's what the Bible says, that he tore it apart like one tears a young goat. Uh, and this is actually another vow that he broke. He touched a dead corpse. Obviously, after he killed the lion and ripped it apart, he touched it. But then he saw an idea for a riddle from the lion. He passed the lion again all the way back to the party, and the lion was actually growing a like a, like a bee's honeycomb in its carcass and had honey. And so Samson was like, ooh, I have an idea. Because the thing was, the Philistines thought they were all high and mighty and above the Israelites and way smarter than them. And they were pretty well educated. And so Samson, because he had all these Phil, uh, Philistine people uh, at this wedding party, he was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a wager with them. I'm going to show them that I'm smarter than them. And so he had this strange battle of wits and gave them a riddle based on the lion. And then the Philistines cheated. Uh, the wager was really simple. It was if Samson won, they had to give him 30 articles of clothes. If Samson lost, he had to do the same back to them. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. But the Philistines were like, no, we're not going to let this Israelite show us up. And so they cheated by threatening to kill his future bride, saying, if you're a Philistine, so you have to do what we say. And if you don't tell us the answer to this riddle, we're going to kill you. And so she spends this entire party complaining to, to Samson, going like, hey, Tell me what this riddle is. Do you not love me? And she was just crying and nagging and just getting angry at him. This entire party. Talk about like a terrible wedding party. Like, goodness gracious. Like, you have the, the other person getting married is just having a terrible time. I mean, if I was threatened to get killed, I guess I would I would want that too. But anyways, uh, he eventually caves and he tells her the riddle. Then she goes and tells the Philistines. Then the Philistines go back and they tell Samson the riddle. And he gets mad and he actually kills 30 Philistines uh, to get uh, his debt made. He kind of went a little bit too far. But then uh, he got mad at his future wife because he found out he, she was the one that told him. And she call, he called her a heifer. If you don't know what a heifer is, it's a female cow. So guys, I'm just going to give you all uh, some advice. This is being married for three years. Do not call your future bride a heifer. And then Samson left. Now, What's really cool about this is that the Bible tells us that God used this to begin to stir conflict between the two people. See, I told you that sometimes God can use bad situations and, and even sometimes our, our sin and the consequence of it to, to do something good. And the thing was, God wanted there to be conflict between the Philistines and Samson. Now, is that, is that saying that we're going to glorify and accept Samson's rebellion and, and his rebellion against God? No, it's not at all. But I think it's really cool that God can still use that. Anyway, so chapter 15, go a few months have passed, and uh, Samson wants his wife back. He's like, you know, she was really pretty, and I'm really pretty too and buff, but, she, you know, I've already kind of started this whole thing. I, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna go get her. And so he goes uh, to her house. He takes a young goat as a gift for his bride because flowers and chocolate weren't around, I guess, when in Bible times, so you brought a goat. Uh, but her father refused to let him see her because he married her off to his best man. I told you all, this story is weird. 
And in verse 3, he says, this time I have a right to get even with the Philistines and, and I will really harm them. Samson was mad. And so rather than turning to God in repentance for all that he had done already, he wanted revenge because all this was Samson's fault. He dug himself into this grave. And so what does he do? He doesn't go and turn to God. He goes on a revenge rampage. He catches 300 foxes and he ties them tail to tail in pairs and then lights their tails on fire. Don't try that at home. In fact, if y'all could catch a fox, I'd be super impressed. But he lets them loose uh, in the fields of the Philistines. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if I can imagine what this scene would look like. It, it'd scare me if I'm a farmer in the field and I see two foxes kind of tugging at each other and they've got fire on their tails. Like that's terrible. But then uh, he, his own people are told to turn him in to the Philistines. The people of Judah go and they, they go to capture him. And he says that if you won't attack me, I won't attack you because he recognizes, hey, these are my people. And so they, they bring him to the Philistines and he says, God, please grant, grant me strength that I may defeat your enemy. And then God does. God grants him strength. He uh, destroys the shackles. He, it, it burns and melts off his hands, as the Bible says. And then he takes the jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand Philistines. That's so cool, right? Like he literally just goes on a on this like murderous rampage. I know I'm, I'm way too excited about that, but like I love uh, I love violence in movies. I'm just it's it's terrible. But anyways, I can just imagine this scene. Victoria shaking her head like Dustin. These are things you don't say, but that's okay. Uh, and then he sings a Hebrew rap. Afterwards, he sings a song. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm not going to sing it to you like a rap. But he says this, With the jawbone of a donkey, I've piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. Now, in our English language, that does, sounds like gibberish. doesn't sound like a song. But in Hebrew, it kind of reads almost like a rap does. And then he judges Israel for 20 years. And so, you know, God, again, used these situations. But Samson continued to do things wrong he continued to behave in a way that was that was not christ-like he he continued to get revenge he he pursued the wrong girl he, lit, he ignored godly counsel and now we get to this part of the story where we meet delilah delilah is a girl who is going to change his life forever this is probably the part of the story you're familiar with and so instead of sharing with you this whole story uh we're gonna watch tim hawkins share it with you so we're gonna play that video for you right now okay i know that we have some uh, younger people in the audience tonight. Some youth. No, I, I, no, no, shut your mouth. <laughs> you're cute, but you're annoying. That's all I'm saying. No, no, I'm just being serious. But I know we have some younger folk here, and I thought that it would be appropriate to have a Bible song. Do you, okay, do you know what the Bible is? It's a, it's a, yes, it's a big book. And it's got stories and people in it and pages and maps. So I thought it would be great to do a Bible story about a Bible character from the Bible. Hey there, Delilah. This is your ex-boyfriend, Samson.
inside voices. <laughs> and I know you thought that lifting weights made me so buff and handsome, you were wrong. It's cause I let my hair grow long, that makes me strong. Hey there, Delilah, you came in while I was sleeping and I couldn't feel you cutting and I didn't hear you creeping out the door. You left my hair piled on the floor while I just snored. Oh, what you did to me oh, while I was asleep. Oh, I'm a Nazarene, oh, but you shaved me clean. Delilah, you're so mean. I killed a lion, big and mean, and slaughtered many Philistines, all with a donkey's jawbone, that's no lie. But now I'm chained up to the wall, and I can't cry no tears at all, because they came and gouged out both my eyes. This is a Bible story, boys. <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> Why'd you grab your clipping shears and shave my head like Britney Spears? And now I'm standing here in total shame. People, that's stinking genius. What's wrong with you? Come on! Why did you have to deceive me? And it's hard for me to think not long ago I wanted you to be my bride But you took too much off the side <laughs> Here we go Hey there Delilah when you die Just tell the devil I said hi <laughs> He'll know why. Oh, it's what you did to me. Oh, now I'm up a creek. Oh, now I feel so weak. You know, I look like a freak. Delilah, you're a geek. Oh man! So yeah, that's that's the rest of the story. Uh, he met a girl named Delilah. Uh, the Philistines came up to her and offered her uh, what would now be in today's cash about eighty-seven thousand dollars, and said, "Hey, we want the secret to his strength." And he told her three lies, and she kept saying, "Do you not love me? Why don't you tell me the truth about your strength?" And then, uh, I mean, I feel like after the second time she tried to take his strength, Simpson go, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't tell this girl." But he did it anyways, because Samson was not a smart guy. And um, anyway, so uh, the Philistines, and starting in verse 21, we're going to read uh, to 30 and 16. The Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza, bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grain, grind grain in prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon, 
They rejoiced and said, Our God has handed us, hand us over, our enemy Samson, to us. When the people saw him, they praised their God and said, Our God has handed over to us, our enemy who destroyed our land and who multiplied our dead. When they were good, or when they were in good spirits, they said, Bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. Samson said to the young man who was leading by the hand, Lead me to where I can fill the pillars supporting the temple so I can look against them. All the leaders of the Philistines were there, and about 3,000 men and women were on the roof watching Samson entertain them. He called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me, God, just once more. With an act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars supporting the temple, leaned against them, one in his right hand, one on the other side to his left. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all of his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it. And those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. And so that's how the story of Samson ends. So what can we learn from his story? One, Samson made some mistakes in his life that I think are important to assess and look at so that we may not do the same in our own. Uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in looking at that and, and what it means for us in that. One, uh, he never surrounded himself with accountability. If you notice the people that Samson was around, he was never around those who could speak truth into his life. He spent most of his time actually around Philistines, which is why he, he dated so many Philistine women, went after them, and then whenever he was going down a wrong path, no one except his parents were there to tell him otherwise. He had no accountability in his life. Samson sought out revenge instead of turning to God and allowed God to do what he's going to do. He, he took matters into his own hands. He rejected godly counsel whenever his parents did tell him, hey, you shouldn't be dating a Philistine girl. For this reason, she's going to lead you away from the Lord. And that's exactly what ended up happening towards the end of his life and eventually led to his death. He continued a wrong relationship. And not just one relationship, but two. With the first girl that he was about to marry and then other girls in between, and then finally with Delilah. And lastly, he compromised his commitment to the Lord. Y'all remember the commitment he made. He said, uh, or the, as a Nazarite, he had to avoid uh, anything that came in contact with the vine, grapes, or wine, alcohol, that sort of thing. He was never to touch a dead body of any kind, and he could never get his hair cut. And he broke all of those, and some on multiple occasions. See, Samson is a picture of a believer who is, who is beginning to bail on his commitment. If you simply look at his long hair, he appears to be dedicated to God, but his life story tells another story. On the outside, he looks like a man of God, but on the inside, he's a man controlled by his lust, and his entire life was reflected on that. So what can we do as believers to avoid the things that Samson struggled with? Because in all reality, we struggle the same way Samson does a lot of times, on the outside, we look like we're doing well, but on the inside, we may be struggling. One, acknowledge your fatal flaws. What's your spiritual soft spot? Where and what area do you like do you struggle with most? Two, admit that you need help. Until you admit that you are vulnerable, you'll never experience victory. One, one aspect of salvation is, is a repentance of our sin. And an acknowledgement that we are weak and that we need God to save us. 
If we don't acknowledge that we are broken, that we are in need of a Savior, how do we recognize that we need Him in the first place? How do we rely on Him? The, the truth of the matter is we don't. We continue to rely on our own strength. Our own strength is not enough. We need to be okay to ask for help. Avoid temptation. Don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be tempted to do things that you shouldn't do. Now, for each of us, that looks different. could be maybe you should avoid relationships because maybe you idolize the person that you're with. Maybe you should avoid... Uh, certain places in town or places at home. Or maybe you should avoid certain people groups that you gossip around or you're tempted to do things you're not supposed to do with. Another one is to read God's word and put it into practice. Psalm 119.11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's absolutely imperative that you stay connected with God and connected with others. So you want to know the moral of the story? It really has nothing to do with Samson. It has everything to do with God. This passage is a living lesson in the grace of God. How a man who was beaten and blinded, humiliated by his own repeated mistakes, reached the bottom, turned around, and discovered that God was waiting for him, for him there the entire time. See, Samson is, has been called this hero. But really the hero of the story is God. God is the one who, who delivered his people. He used Samson, obviously. See, Samson, this his entire life, he relied on himself for his strength rather than relying on the Lord. It wasn't until the end of his life that he saw and recognized his mistakes that he needed God. You see, in the end, we see him dying to save the people of Israel. And I told you that there's kind of some cool reflections with Samson's story and with ours. Or not with ours, but yeah, with ours and with others. You see, at the end of his story, uh, Samson died for... His own sins. His own sins brought him to where he was. He died to save the Israelites, to begin to deliver them from the Philistines. But see, there was another who ended up in a situation very similar to Samson. His name was Jesus. But rather than, than dying for sins he committed, he died for your sin and my sin. That Jesus died on the cross, was put there, he was beaten, he was spit on, he did it for you and for me that we may have eternal life with him, that we do not need to rely on our own strength. But we need to rely on God's. But it's by God's strength alone that we experience salvation and forgiveness and grace. And I think another incredible thing that the story shows us is that restoration of a relationship with God does not depend on your strength or your ability to do good. It's all on God. and He wants you. He wants you right where you are. He doesn't want you to have this behavior correction before he comes to you. See, God changes us from the inside out when we become saved. And he wants you right where you are, right now. And so if you've never made that commitment, if you've, if you've never recognized your need for a Savior in your life, guys, we want you to do that. It's as easy as believing your heart that God raised him from the dead and confessing your mouth that Jesus is Lord, to repent and believe, to turn away from your sin and towards him. You see, Samson did recognize his need for God, but it wasn't until the very end of his life that he recognized that. And to recognize all these mistakes that he made, but but guys, I encourage you, don't, don't wait until you're at the bottom of the pit to search for God. He's going to be there for you wherever you are in life, whatever season uh, that you're going through, but, but guys, he wants you right where you are right now. You don't have to to, to change your life, to become a better person now. He wants you now and he wants to make you into one of his 
one of his own, to transform you, to, to conform you to the image of his son. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you guys. And if you guys want to stay back, if you have any questions about that, I'd love to chat with you. Uh, during our small groups, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, this story and kind of what that means for us. Some things that we can do actively in our lives to avoid uh, these own sinful lifestyle choices. See, you guys, Samson, I don't want us to, to, to have this notion that Samson is this terrible person that why would he be called a hero of the faith? The thing is, Samson did display faith. But God also did a lot through him to teach us things too. And I think that we should learn from it as well and apply it to our lives. But let's pray. Father, I thank you for you and, and God for constantly using us. God, despite our many mistakes, God, I pray that we would learn from Samson's life. God, that we would see that God, you still use us. But God, we should never rely on our own strength. God, to avoid temptation, to avoid mistakes. God, but that we would rely on you and you alone. And God, that we would seek community with Christians. God, other believers that can lift us up. God, and that can point us in the right direction towards you. God, I pray that we would seek godly counsel. God, that we would, that we would have our lives to reflect you and what we believe. God, I pray that if anyone in this room has never recognized their need for you, God, they've never seen their brokenness, God, I pray that they would see it in the story of Samson because, God, Samson's story is our story. God, except instead of us dying for our sins, God, as you said, the, the, the wage of sin is death, God, you sent your son to die for us. God, I pray that we would recognize that truth. God, and I pray that we would put our trust in Christ, God, the only one who's strong enough to save us. God, to make us into new people. Jesus, we thank you for you and your sacrifice and your love for us. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.